No. Well, I, you know what? I don't remember that. That's Jessica. I don't know yet. How can you know that? How can you know? I guess you can only really know by looking back. Yeah. Like that, that was the good Jessica there. Oh. I mean, I, everybody I, remembers everything really well. You always, you, I don't. The <laughs> No one ever. The Jess Chronicles. The Jessicals. Yeah. No one ever. Coming to a Barnes and Noble near you. No one ever remembers <laughs> all the bad stuff. No. no you wouldn't put that in the Jessicals. I feel like people like romanticize everything. Ugh, they do. Isn't it something called like the Paris effect? Yeah, like the idea where like tourists. We've talked about it a lot, but it's just like tourists who always go to Paris expecting it to be this big deal romantic city, and then just getting there and then realizing Paris is just like anywhere else. I mean, Paris was a lot of fun. I've been there once. Introducing the intern, FII, if you can hear him in the background. Yeah, Christian the intern, he's here. Yeah, don't be fooled by the rocks that we rock, we're still one frame off the podcast. Here we are. <laughs> I'm Brody. How long did you think about that? My name's Rose. Rose with a breadstick. Hot! 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 It just came out the oven. It's yeah. hot! Like seconds ago, you watched it come out the oven. And my name's Jess. Jess, the one who brought you the breadstick. Yeah. It's so high. I'm the breadstick giver. Okay. Two, one of my friends got married recently. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to uh, Tech Boy and the Engineer. Tech Boy and the Engineer. That sounds like a comic book. Way to tie the knot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, congrats. And today we're talking about... Uh, Love <laughs> and romance. And why it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, why it ruins fucking movies. That it just ruins good. fucking movies. It doesn't ruin every movie, but it ruins a lot of movies not in that genre. Yeah, we just yeah. noticed that there were a lot of movies, TV shows, and even some video it's games. It's Batman. We watched Batman recently. We watched Batman. We watched I Batman. finally got around to watching Batman. We watched Batman, yeah. And, like, the Catwoman stuff. Like, there's a lot going on in this movie. We didn't really need this. It but, muddled things up. But that kind of started the conversation of how other romantic subplots can sometimes kind of cost the movie its real quality and integrity. Before we get into that, though, what are we drinking? Oh, my God. I don't have anything. I've never been this basic in my life. I'm eating a breadstick and drinking a White Claw. There it is. I don't have anything. Just You just got a breadstick. I have a breadstick. She's drinking a breadstick, guys. It's breadstick day. We put it in a smoothie. <laughs> no, it's pasta day. Pasta day. Oh, yeah, we just we did made have some pasta. pasta. I made pasta, just made sauce and meatballs, and it was a... Collaborative effort. Lovely, lovely collaborative effort, yes. What are you drinking? Oh, right. And I'm drinking a uh, Blood Orange IPA from Sugar Creek. Aren't they near Charlotte? Near Charlotte or Chapel Hill? Either one of those. No I don't feel like figuring it out. If you really care, you can Google it. So yeah, I just finally got around to watching Batman, and I totally agree with what you guys said about the whole Catwoman stuff. Right. Like, it didn't really have to be, like, super-duper on-the-nose love story. I think, like, the, my main criticism, too, was there was one scene that were... It was just, like, a switch, you know? Like, the scene where on the rooftop... Yeah, there's no progression, but actually every movie's kind of like that if you're looking for that point. Right, there's always, Unless like, that switch Unless it's an overdrawn moment. love movie, but... They could have had slight flirtation, which would have been fine. Right. Like they, they didn't have to go in make it like a high point. Of not the like film, a though. big deal. That's like they end the movie with it. I mean, that's exactly, exactly. what they did, though. Yeah, it wasn't really as it important the, to be like a big pillar of the story. 
I didn't agree. hate it. I didn't hate it, but it, it, there seemed to be too much other stuff going on. I hate to compare it to others. Media like it, but like I feel like in most Batman. And Are we gonna talk dynamics, about Maggie Gyllenhaal though and the Dark Knight? Bruh. If that's another unnecessary love story, yeah, Batman's really. actually riddled with them. If we weren't like, going to go through the they entire, they just toss franchise. it in. Yeah. Well, like that's like something that like after seeing this and talking with you guys about it, I just noticed like it's so kind of like in prominent and ingrained through like anything like think of like your general media literacy if you see a scene early on where the protagonist character is looking at someone interesting for like five seconds like in your brain you just think oh they're gonna hook up by the end or there's yeah. gonna be that will they won't they tension and I'm uh, just... it's so unnecessary though yeah i'm just curious as like how that started and it's just like is it mostly just because we've seen it Everywhere? I don't know. I don't know. It's because love is being sold to us. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Toxic romanticism for the win. The idea that you have to have, or like, the characters have to be paired together. You have to have a partner to be yeah. happy. And it's like, no? Yeah, it's all part of the walk away into the sunset kind of thing, where it's like, Ugh. every like emotional conflict has been resolved and guy gets the girl or whatever alright we're good <laughs> it'll be funny yeah. <laughs> we should leave it I love we'll how leave it. we just had like a dead silent Christian's moment sleeping. <laughs> yeah I don't know if anyone can hear it but Christian the intern is sleeping on the couch next to us you can maybe hear some snoring yeah, he went on a beer run for us and uh, kind of passed out on the couch. Bless him. But yeah, no. It's unnecessary. It's very unnecessary. And I just see so many, like, will-they-won't-they they things in, like, TV stuff, too. Because, like, they always, like, they're able to, like, tease it out. And, like, something I noticed, too, was, like, y'all have seen New Girl, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite, like, dynamic uh, is, like, the will-they-won't-they they between well- Nick and Jess... Because as sometimes... As soon as they're together, it's ruined. Yeah, as soon as they're together, it doesn't really work. And yeah. they break up because they don't really need to be in relationships. And I feel that's kind of, like, against the norm in a little way. I don't know. Books are probably worse. Of course. Because you spend, yeah. like, the, the entirety of the book, and it's like, will they get together? Won't they get together? And you don't want to flip to the very end to see it. So right. you spend the entire book only to find out, like, oh, let's get together and right off in the sunset. I'm like, well, goddamn. Which is always saved right to the very end. Yeah. So they can draw that out. Personally, I find it refreshing when characters don't end up together. Yeah. Like, obviously, in a romance movie, you expect it, but we're yeah. talking about uh, sub love plot points in other genre movies that detract from the overall movie. Yeah, like, like a lot of comedies do that. Comedy, action adventure. Or literally every single Pretty movie. much all of them, yeah. Yeah. I kind of noticed, like, uh, that was just part of, in in Billy Madison or any other Happy Gilmore movie, it's always very annoying guy and very pissed off woman. But you know for a fact You're, that... I'm going to win you over. I'm going to win you over with my oh, childlike fuck, shenanigans. Can we make cookies? Can we make cookies? cookies? I have those chocolate chip and Reese's PC cookies. Fuck it, oh, we're making cookies, awesome. baby. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's make it. Continue. Yeah. What am I... I don't know... It's like a pet peeve of mine, though, where it's where it's always like the two best friends that get together, mm-hmm. 
Shang-Chi did a great job of Shang-Chi did a really, yeah, like where it's like they are best friends for a lifelong and they have a good relationship as best friends. And the family is always like, when are you getting together? And they're like, bruh, that's not us. Yeah. In the comics, he has a girlfriend who's not his best friend. Good. So I'm like, if they do a second film or a follow-up, introduce the girlfriend that way and just have... Just preserve that friendship because that's so rare. Right. I love that. I also feel like by doing what they did and having everything be about, like, they're not really needing one another, like, in the way you would a relationship. Yeah, it's like a support system. Yeah. She knows that he ran away from wherever and just kind of popped up at school one day and they kind of just stuck together. And we're like, you know what? We're just going to... They maintain that support system. Mm Mm-hmm. I like that. And... Especially since, like, there's, like, the whole, like, uh, like fourth fourth act thing where it's, like, they're all training and trying to become more of themselves. And then there, there's a moment where they have the separation where she's talking about, like, oh, you know, my family expects this, that, and the other of me. Yeah. And it actually defines and builds her character separately from her best friend. Right. It would have really, like, dragged the character progress back mm-hmm. had they been, like, I don't... I'm not trying to work towards myself. I'm trying to work towards, you know, punking over Shang over here. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, my best friend needs me. No, she's there along. You're good. She's, like, there along for the ride. And it's very, like, well established that she's there, like, independently. Like, I support my best friend. Mm-hmm. But through this ride, you know, I want to build my own character. I want to build myself. And having that moment kind of solidified that. And it was so well done, too. I agree. Yeah. I want to wait for Jess to come over before I bring up the next one. I'm sorry. You're yeah, fine. Take your time. It's going to be worth it for all of us. Though. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to have cookies. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a part of this breadstick. Hippopotamus. Sorry, that's where, that's where, like, my brain goes to when I have a moment of lull. Ever mm. since you sent me that video. I found the full song. Hippopotamus. Hippopotamus. He's a singer. He was in the band. That? Apparently, Moon Knight. Brody, hmm? get this. He was filming two films at the same time. Literally, he would go on break for one film, walk across the lot, start filming for another, go on Christ. break there, walk acro- back across the lot, and, and he just filmed the entire, like, both films at the same time that way. Dude, dude just, just filming one film is exhausting on its own. How did this man do two? When did he sleep? Like, I don't think he did. That's the question. I don't okay. think he fucking did. Are you just eating raw cookie dough? Yes. Yes, she is. Good for you, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we saw edible cookie dough in the store the other day, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Like, but you're just over here, like, just looking over us, eating some cookie dough. <laughs> La da or however that is. I don't speak French. La-di-da. La-di-da? Sure. La-di-da-di-da? It's the motherfucking ideology. <laughs> Like, you know who else? You know what other movie, like, really did that and nailed it on the head? Mm, uh, Pacific Rim, where it's, like, two people, like, piloting the mech. Everyone assumed, like, they were going to hook up at the end. But Thank like, God they didn't. Thank God. Like, there was one scene, like, right after the big fight where it looks like they're about to kiss, but they don't. And everyone, like, every armchair critic was just like, well, why didn't they hook up? Or like, thank up? God. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine how just, like, that moment would have twisted... If they had. It would have just, like... It would have been... It would have changed the whole tone of the movie. Yeah. yeah. It really would have. Mm-hmm. 
I know trauma brings people closer, but it, I don't think it would immediately jump to sexual energy. No. No. Yeah. I think, like, at that moment, they were just more like, I'm happy to be alive after yeah. finding exactly. that big fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I like how it was so, like, such a natural reaction, though, because, like... I would have rather hugged my friend who I just went through yeah. a whole bunch of traumatic events rather than, like, kiss a person and immediately start dating them after. Like, mm -hmm. I would not be in the correct mindset for that. Honestly, I feel like having gone through what they've gone through together in, like, the big mech suit, kind of, like, co-piloting it together. They're really bonded already. Yeah. They're more bonded than I would assume a lot of these romantic endings kind of ensue for some yeah. people. Also, I don't think I could date a person who's been in my head. Yeah, literally. Oh, I would like it. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. Mm. I don't know. For me, it would just be... We never have to explain myself. You have points. I know. I can't disagree, but at the same at time, the same it's time, like... At the same time, it's just so weird to me. I guess. I have some private thoughts, though. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I do. And if they are, it's just because I don't want to, like, say anything too weird. So Come you know on. where that line must be with me. <laughs> pretty fucking far, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably appropriate, is mm -hmm. what I'm gathering. Okay, so, we all agree that the romance subplot in Batman, no bueno. Not no good. Bueno, no good. Not good. Mm -hmm. uh, any other movies that have... I mean, like, fucking... Jurassic World is going on now, and that's just that's all. the big one on Reddit. When yeah, I looked Reddit. up this topic just yeah. a little bit, and I actually never thought about it that way. I, I just kind of accepted it and didn't really analyze it. I think it's kind of like the same thing you always see in like these uh, big monster movies. Yeah, where that's yeah. You don't care about the subplots. You just want to see big. Monster I just want to see dinosaurs, like yeah, like eat people. Yeah, I yeah, I want to see that. I don't care if Chris Pratt gets laid or not. Whatever. Yeah, we know he's getting laid anyways. It's yeah, it's fine. Chris Pratt. Yeah. Come on. I will say, though, like, the original Jurassic Park, the first one, that was a semi-decent romantic subplot. Agreed. Because it did, they didn't immediately get together. It's ensued that they would get together in the end. But that just goes to show you, like, well, how well-written and well-acted will get you so far. Yeah. Yeah. Which like is really actually what having they some dimensions to these characters. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. like, different. Completely different. Plus, Agreed. like, they're both scientists. They It's probably a common thing. Yeah, and they, they, it was this well-established that they knew each other prior to being brought onto the project, so it's like they already had some history, and the whole thing, like, just between... That's them. always a good way to address it, though, yeah. actually, like, if you're gonna have it be, like, uh, like over... Like, because I think they were only in the park for a few days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, like I said earlier, trauma bonds you with people yeah yeah i don't know like other than that i'm just tired of seeing the usual like very boring guy meets very eccentric girl and changes his whole life around i know what you're gonna you're getting at right oh now. there's a word for it it's oh, the, is there? What's manic, the word? manic pixie dream girl yeah the oh, manic Lord. pixie dream girl trope has kind of been like sort of dominant in all this and there was actually, like, it didn't really come into, like, public attention until, like, very long with, like, film critics talking about way, it. Way, yeah, way long after. Yeah. It was one writer that coined the term. Yeah, I don't, I have a quote from him. I don't really have, like, the actual guy's name. Uh, oh. Fuck it, look it up. 
Yeah. Look yeah, it up we're yourself. Not it we're we're okay. not doing it now. Oh, Look it up fair. yourself. Uh, it was for the movie Elizabethtown where they were critiquing Kirsten Dunst's So that's character. Cameron Crowe yeah. wrote that movie. And he's actually guilty of multiple manic pixie dream girl uh, iterations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and like this quote will probably bring up like why he wrote it like that. Oh, Lord. The quote goes uh, for defining manic pixie dream girl. That bubbly, shallow, cinematic creature that exists only in the fevered imagination of sensitive writer-director to teach broodingly soulful young men to embrace its infinite mysteries and adventures. Creature? Yeah. They're static characters entirely. They only exist yeah. to inspire or be amused for the protagonist. Yeah. Wow. There's someone much, to yeah. look at so that way the main protagonist who is very boring can go, wow. That's how I should live my life. Yeah. She'll change me for good. In terms of Elizabethtown, it was literally Kirsten Dunst as a flight attendant uh, kind of nosing her way into a guy's business as he goes back home for his family. And just does not stop stalking the guy, trying to be like, hey, are you happy like me? No? Well, come on. Yeah. And it's you know weird. what's really That's unfortunate weird. about this, and I know I want to do another episode about it, but like prior to that, Cameron Crowe have, was on a fucking roll. Hmm? I mean, Jerry Maguire is excellent. Oh, yeah. I, like, it really is a great movie. And then um, Almost Famous, fucking mm-hmm. classic. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, Penny Lane is also another manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, you can really, like... She's it's a just... little more troubled yeah. than your normal right. manic pixie. I feel like the term was coined to really just, like, critique how overused it is. But mm-hmm. there are some examples where it's pretty okay. See, for me, the best example is Natalie Portman in Garden State. Yeah, that's the one that everyone kind of points to as... The, like Ideal when I one. think, yeah, when I think manic pixie dream girl, it's it's very clearly that character, and mm-hmm. I don't hate that movie. It is very high school good though. Like you see it in high school and you think it's meaningful, yeah. and then you watch it as an adult and it's like, dude, you're just like fucking depressed. Like it happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. life, baby. Yeah, I'm like oh yeah, gotta get on them pills, man. Mm-hmm. I think he is heavily medicated, but you know what I'm saying. The other one I've seen, like, really critiqued for being Manic Pixie Dream Girl's Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. I like half and half with that. I think... I don't want to say that the characters are one-dimensional, like this trope really, like, critiques, though. Well, that's the thing, though, is, like, the others we've listed are quite one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. But, like, overall, I think, and I don't remember her name, but Kate Winslet's character... Yeah, Clementine. Clementine is very uh, multifaceted. Yeah. Cookies, Cookies are done. Are done. The whole idea of, because I think, like, the way people think about that is at their first meeting, she is very, like, hi, how are you doing? Here's everything about me. How are you? Who is you? Who are you like? But the whole point of them meeting like that for the first time is that it's not the first time. They've known each other for a long time. Yeah. They're just drawn to each other. In fact, the real first time that we see in the movie, the canonically first time, they're just, like, you know, sitting, sitting on some stairs and yeah. eating together. And that's pretty normal. normal. Yeah. yeah. No. It, it, I agree with you. The jumbling up of the timeline makes her come off more manic pixie than she actually is. Right. But that's also part of why the movie is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. I also think, like, part of it is clearly there is, like, a wardrobe design to this trope. Oh, and her hair color as well. Her hair yeah. color, her yeah. Her hair color was used... I, 
really spread. It's just like how they add beards and stuff, or like mm-hmm. a, they'll give you like a face injury, so you mm-hmm. know like what so time. So you can you're- contrast Jim Carrey wearing all gray and black. <laughs> yeah, or just so you know what time period your character's in. They did that with Clementine and her hair, and I thought that was really smart. Yeah, it's just smart, like subtle, and then you—it's easier. It's easy to track timelines for yeah, her hair color. With the, like the experimental narrative of all this, exactly. kind of going backwards. It, it's experimental to an extent, and I guess it hadn't been done as widely. We could say I guess non-traditional until then. is well, the better I, word. I, f- I feel like it's non-linear, just like, maybe non-linear. I feel like Quentin Tarantino really took the helm with that one. Oh yeah, in the night with Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. A lot of postmodernistic filmmakers kind of. It's pretty. It's gotten pretty normal. Some have just done it better than others. True. Yeah. I actually think it's usually pretty effective. I, I think it. I think in any movie where you kind of want your viewer to uh, put a little thought into anything, cutting up the plot a little bit, if it can make it a little more interesting, mm-hmm. it's beneficial. It I makes them yeah. think. It's all about just like how you like teach the audience how to view your movie. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Like that's an important thing. Like if it's not like a super complex idea, then yeah, by all means, go full linear. Yeah. But if it is complicated and it can be beneficial to explain or mm-hmm. even just um, portray a character better to chop it up a little bit. Because I think with Pulp Fiction, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. The, the character. It turns every really... single like, mini story into a character piece. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Every mini story is a character piece. And all you want to know is where they exist within the, this universe at any time. Yeah. But you really don't get the full picture until the very end, which is wonderful. He's great. I, I know. I know he's like the everybody likes Quentin Tarantino, but yeah. <laughs> but his movies are good, well crafted, but actually entertaining. Yeah. True. Yeah. There's so much like, like fucking highbrow shit. Also, like I, I can accept is good, but I don't want to rewatch it. <laughs> it's also so easy for any like screenwriter to be like, here's some wacky cl- wacky thing that's going <laughs> on, and then pulling the <coughs> usual like two weeks earlier. <laughs> yep. <coughs> I don't yeah. like it. Like, anyone can do that. That doesn't really make sense. I think even, like, the fucking Sonic Boom video game opened up with Sonic fucking dying. And then being like, yesterday... So, actually, I think the best use of that is going to be The Hangover. Oh, my God. Oh, the I Hangover. Mean, of course. Hangover. Yeah, yeah, no, The Hangover, yeah. like, but then, like, the one day earlier is yeah, one of the no, best. But, like, they don't automatically do the one day earlier. You actually, like get a sense like a deep sense of the chaos but it makes you want to know what what what, what they get into that happened. night Let's well yeah see. it just like perfectly like in less than five minutes of the movie you know exactly what the plot kind of is and from there they can just do whatever the fuck they want yeah which kind of is what they do but i don't want to sound like i'm shitting on them for it no it... love the hangover <laughs> the hangover is a really the hangover, the hangover is exactly what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's if you want, like it's like in a midsummer. Like technically, yeah. if you look at the bar and halfway through the movie, the entire plot is painted on the wall. Of course, <laughs> it is. Yeah, like even the bear in the burning house, it's all fucking on there. <laughs> their fate is literally painted around their heads as they're sleeping at night. I think it's the hangover. I would have made the connection. You guys know it. If I was, like, kind of tripping a little bit in, like, the middle of nowhere, you know my ass would have just been staring at that wall. Especially if I didn't see it in theaters and I could just, like, press pause on it and be like, oh, wait, shit, what's that that whole tapestry all out there? Isn't it hangover part two where they're in Thailand? It's terrible, but yes, because they put all the hangovers on um, HBO a few months ago. Mm -hmm. I absolutely watched all of them. And the American Pies. So my mom did a study abroad after Hangover Part 2 was released. Right. 
and went to Thailand, she actually went to that bar. That bar exists. Oh, the boat building? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And she went there and then promptly got kicked out because she was wearing sandals. And they don't allow sandals in their bars. I'm thinking sandals. more of um, yep. Filthy Rich Asians. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. But Brody, Brody, you would actually really enjoy it. I'm it sure. It's a really it, good it, one. It's, it's a fucking delightful romantic comedy. Like, if you're going to do them, that's the way to do it. But it's also very smartly done. Like, how the power dynamic between all the female characters. Oh, my God. So, the, so that's amazing. the thing, though. You're right. It, they're very... Rarely, it's always in marriage movies. It's always yeah. a power dynamic between fathers. Never no, discussed between mothers. Yeah, it's a yeah. maternal power dynamic. It usually dynamic. is never addressed. And Father of the Bride is actually one of my favorite comedy movies ever. Mm-hmm. Was Steve Martin? You ever seen it? I'm no. Mm-hmm. You know it's, he knows it's a classic. He knows Martin Short's amazing. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, like I love Martin Short, but not that. Steve Martin? You don't love Steve Martin? Oh, no, I love Steve Martin, too. I just haven't seen that. Oh, well, oh, you should watch yeah. it. We'll watch it. We'll, we'll do watch Steel Magnolias and Father of the Bride Night, like Jessica, like, feel-good movies. Yeah. Even, though, even though Steel Magnolias we watch first, we cry for fun, and then we watch Father of the Bride. Yeah, a little chaser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can eat pound cake with whipped cream. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fun. We'll do that next week. Another uh, romantic subplot that I saw, like, uh, when researching this, everyone had some shit to say about attack of the clones specifically oh, i don't i'm not knowledgeable God. enough to have this discussion so you guys it's go for star it star wars and we are diving into it's it it's star wars and it's just anakin falling in love with padme while oh. the war is going down honestly if you want like a better representation of that love story go watch um the animated the cartoon series yeah oh yeah yeah the cartoon series better, better yeah. yeah it does like such a well like you know me, I hate romantic subplots, but that yeah. one has a great re- like representation well of everything. It's well paced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of just having like awkward fake laughing scenarios. Yeah. That's where the famous like I hate sand line comes from. Yeah. Just him trying to open up about himself and it's like I hate sand. I do not like sand. It gets coarse, it is hot, and it gets everywhere. Yeah. Well, like I said, there isn't a lot that I can add to a Star Wars conversation. But what I would like to discuss mm-hmm. is um, there's also movies that have a really cool concept but force a romantic vibe when yeah. it's not necessary. And Passengers, to me, is the most oh, guilty God. of this. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt movie from a few years ago. What is the actual plot of Passengers? Um, I've only seen it a couple times, which I think is kind of a lot for that movie, so... Yeah, more than it deserves. Yeah, 100%. So we'll go forward with it, but... um, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence are, like, in chronic sleep on a a vessel and Mm -hmm. going through space. I Mm -hmm. think they're heading to some, like, new planet or some shit. Yeah, there's supposed Recolonization. Yeah, and he... Like, a glitch or something happens, and he gets woken up early, Mm -hmm. and he eventually gets lonely and wakes up Jennifer Lawrence's company. Or, right. Uh, character. character. Character, thank you. For company. For company, thank you. Yeah. He has one companion throughout the entirety of the movie. Yeah. And it's and fucking robot. Instead, yeah, that's true. It's very, very um, alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, instead of her being, like, turned off by this fact, it becomes a romantic movie. When I think the movie would have been so much more interesting if it was written from her perspective just being woken up out of cryogenic sleep um with a non-consensually non-consensually crazy man alone on a spaceship that is 
horror movie gold right there. Yeah, that's how that should Fucking gold. I say this all the time. Like, that would have been a way better movie. And keep the cast the same. I think it would be a breath of fresh air to see Chris Pratt try and play a villain. It could. It would work. That would be a, that would be a fun twist if nothing else. Yeah, if nothing else, everyone it would work. usually casts Chris Pratt to be the lovable goofball character type. No, let's cast him as the murderer, but you don't find out until the third act. He's got chops for it. He does. He can. He, do he it. really does. Mm. Any other movies you guys are thinking of in particular? Ah, oh, dude, I've got like, one. Oh, uh, let's hear yours. It's a TV show, Loki. The very end. Yeah. That like that the last like was it two three episodes. Between between him and uh, Sylvie. Yeah, Sylvie, the other Loki. The other world version of Loki, who just pissed so happens to be off. female. Yeah, it pissed me off so much. Like, why? And like everybody took the internet by storm by saying, "Oh, Loki would totally do that. He's so narcissistic." I'm like, "Yeah, he is." But at the that's same not time, quite what it means, though. It's not what it means, though. Like, I kind of like the idea of trying to learn this. Like trying to learn how to love this other version of yourself so you can actually love yourself. Yeah. But they don't really go there. They no, just no, like, they went for like sexual like they just go attraction. right into yeah, they go right to smoochy smoochy territory with the Lokis. Like honestly, if Sylvie helped him with self acceptance so he could learn to love himself, that or would even be vice versa. Like that would be fine. That would be perfectly Loki fine. Loki wouldn't be Loki if he loved himself though. No. Yeah. He'd be Loki, but he wouldn't be the villain. Yeah. I think that's kind of like how I, I think at this point now. they're trying to make him like an anti-hero at best. Mm-hmm. He, already, he already is. He already is at this rate. But like lo- that that point though because apparently like during production they were all the producers were going over it and something like I don't even know why Tom Hiddleston was a producer on the project and he greenlit this. Yeah. And I'm just like why would you do this? Cuz the... they're like let's let's explore this relationship. I'm like why would you shoot yourself in the foot like that, though? Mm-hmm. Here's Did you the... write him? You should write him. Write him a letter. Write to Loki directly. Tom Hiddleston directly? Like, why did you do this shit? Why? Just why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> You're... why? Here's, yeah. like, the real question that, like, I debated with a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. if you are making out and having intercourse with another version of yourself, is that technically, like, incestuous? Yeah. It's kind of like the question of would you fuck your clone? Oh, dope. Yeah, of course. You wouldn't? No. Dude, like, it would be so natural. It's your clone. Yeah. They'd be into it if I'm into it. That's true. (laughs) Oh my god. Answer honestly. No! I fucking wouldn't! That's so weird to me! Will you respect yourself? <laughs> is that what we're basing this down to at this Look, point? If, I think it all just depends on how you feel about it. Like, I, if I had a clone, I would think there's no other chance I'm ever going to get to do this. That's true. Fuck my clone. That's just opportunity. <laughs> I know all the spots. Yeah, that's true. I don't have to communicate anything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It would be the best sex of your life, probably. All right, you get a clone for a day. <laughs> you get a clone for one day. Okay. You got to do all the things you would do with a clone for one day with that clone one day. 24 hours. Okay. How are you not fucking that clone? I'm not. Okay. I play a lot of video games with my clone. Who would Yeah, win? I would sit down and do, like, just, like, two-player games. No, we would play fun. Minecraft. <laughs> 
Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Minecraft. Everyone wins in Minecraft. Yeah, exactly. We'd build, like, a really cool fucking fort, and they get high together. I like the idea of, like, playing a two-player video game with my clone, and it's just, like, perfectly mirrored. Yep, like, I don't... Have like, to explain aesthetically yeah, what I'm we, going for. Yeah. They get it. Like we play Smash, we pick the same character, do the same moves. Yeah. Just do that forever. Yeah. I had another funny movie one. What is it? Uh, y'all have seen Hancock, right? Oh yeah. yes. Yeah, Hancock. Like perfect premise. Like, what if Superman was just drunk all the time? <laughs> yeah, really. But then, I think like the idea is sort of like the same idea you have with every Superman thing. Mm-hmm. How do you really like make a plot out of that? And so they went the easy route and said, well, it's all because there's this lady in his life and his powers depend on the lady or whatever the fuck. Isn't it when they're too close together they get weak or something? Like, he gets weak or some shit. Does she get the power? I don't know. I don't know. There's so much I forget about Hancock, but so much that's, like, stuck in my brain. That's still really good. All this romantic stuff, I just completely zoned out. We really shouldn't analyze that more as a superhero movie because the concept is great. Yeah. I just remember the guy with his own head up his ass. Yeah. (laughs) Or no, it was, I'm going to shove that guy's head up your ass. Or some shit like that. No, I want to watch it. Oh my gosh. Have you guys... That reminds me of Pushing Daisies. I love Pushing Daisies. What what actually is Pushing Daisies? Oh, you would love it. You would actually really enjoy it if you like that kind of stuff. So basically, this guy has the ability to bring people back to life. However, like, say you drop dead. I touch, like, I just touch you once. I got run over by a milk crate. Yeah. Milk cart. Yeah. Brody's dead, death by milk cart. I bring you back to life, but somebody else dies in your place. Okay. Thing is, to avoid that, I can touch you again, and you die. Okay. So, like, somebody else is saved from death. So it's like, if you were murdered brutally, I can bring you back to life for, like, five minutes Ask you who murdered you, and then, you know, send oh, you... Oh, my sister gave birth. Yay! Congrats to her! Cool. You're not. Yeah, sorry guys. This is actually really huge news for me and my family. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. There's Congrats! One, there's one picture in particular that is... Aww. He looks like he's melting. <laughs> yeah, he does! <laughs> she said he's really royally, rolly and squishy. I, um, I, I I feel like anytime someone shows me their picture of their baby... That, that baby's actually cute, though. Yeah, that's a cute baby. That but I feel like baby. in general, when someone shows me like their fresh infant, I'm just like, they look, uh, you know, sluggish. Sluggy. Squishy. Sluggy. Nothing flattering. Yeah, they've been inside a fucking vagina for nine months. How would you look? Oh, I'd be... Like awesome. A- <laughs> kidding me? How would you look? Like you would a squishy look- baby? Yeah, a squishy baby, Probably exactly. Wet. Probably wet, too. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be covered covered in placenta and organs. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Gross. Anyways, moving forward. Yeah. Hancock. But, uh, Hancock. <laughs> Hancock. Yeah, no, I just, like, nothing good about that movie really is, like, the whole romance element. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's what they're kind of leaning on. In terms yeah. of actually having some sort of plot structure. I don't get it. I don't understand why, like, films and TV shows just rely so heavily on the subplot, the romantic subplot, to yeah. move things along. I think, for the most part, it's just easy. It really is just easy. Like, it is easy and automatically compelling no matter what. Yeah. It's, it's just a matter of emotional conflict that 
I feel most people can kind of relate to, yeah. or at least have been taught or to want relate to, to relate to, or want to relate to. There's a lot of, I think, like the whole idea of romantic comedies in general is sort of like this masturbatory idea of what a happy couple really is, and the more you consume of that, like the more detached from it you're probably going to be. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's all... It also comes down to kind of, like, the delivery as well. Exactly. Like, how do you introduce the audience to this couple, or how do they get together? How do they interact? Because... Mm-hmm. And, I, yeah, like, uh, all the, like, really shoehorned... Hallmark movies especially. Oh, right? my <laughs> yeah. God! Fuck Or Hallmark just Lifetime movies. movies in general. Yeah, a lot of made-for-TV. I just... Generic written. bullshit. Yeah. Did you know people it takes, like, like it though? Like fuck. I mean, like, <laughs> no offense to anyone who makes them. Like you're working in movies. Oh no! Like, fuck. If someone wanted to pay me to do that, I'd do I it. I would love to do it. Yeah. I would lie about what I do. <laughs> I would be honest about it. I would own it. I'd be like, yeah, I get a paycheck, but I get to like do half of what yeah, I like. It's a living. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm I know working. It takes, like something like nine months to make a fucking Hallmark film. Only nine months? About nine months. From, like, Better movies have been editing. made in days. Yeah. 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 No, Tyler like, Perry makes his movies in, like, a weekend. That's because he's got, like, compound... Like, he's really streamlined it to such a fucking profitable, profitable process for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He broke a record. I think it was, like, uh, 72 pages of script in, like, one day. What? Yeah, so, like... It's the same garbage. It's so formulaic. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's what it is, but people like it, and, it, like, fuck it. Like, I'm a firm believer, and if people will pay money for it, it's worth that. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, but... But no, Hallmark movies really rely on everything we talked about, like, boring protagonist, eccentric, manic pixie dream girl or guy, other character, shows them how to live... No, it's sometimes the opposite, where the woman has a boring life, and it's the guy. Yeah. Like, it's not the guy inspires in the same way, though. It's always, like, oh, a always- juxtaposition of, like, different experiences with just, like, a man that will have sex with her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honestly, that's no, what that's, it is. That's, that's what, what it is. is. It really is what it is. Like, don't make it to seem like, like that exists in female movies. It doesn't. Yeah, or if if that male figure does exist, he's never the one she ends up with. No, she, <laughs> they teach women very different lessons. <laughs> I would love that if like a Hallmark or any movie that's really relying on this is like writing like the third act is just like they do hook up and it's a hit it and quit it kind of situation. Like right afterwards, they just don't talk to each other, and it's like uh, I don't know if I felt good about that. Yeah, but they're ta- they're typically the small town feel movies, so yeah. wouldn't that be awkward? They're in a small town. I'm like, oh, come on, guys. Yeah, just move. Move. It'd be awkward. <laughs> Moving is incredibly difficult and expensive for most yes. people. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Just telling someone to move is not realistic. No, <laughs> because that's why so many people live in terrible places. Well, I think like the. Fun thing- <laughs> The fun thing, too, is it's always, like, someone from the big city has to come to this small town. And they're like, wow, I could live here, but it's like, really think about that. The fanciest dinner you're going to get within 50 miles is Applebee's. Yeah. Is that the life you want to live for the rest of Yeah, I mean, there's maybe one one hardware store on on Main Street. No, here's the thing, is there's tons of hardware stores. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every, every grandfather there has a hardware store. Yeah, there's tons of hardware stores. One Applebee's and then a small restaurant that used to be a gas station that's run by two sisters. <laughs> yeah. And it's only open that's for like That's what it's called, four, Two Sisters yeah. Restaurant. Yeah, and it's only open four hours a day. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like, literally what you're going to get How into. anyone affords to be there is beyond... Like, oh, well, that's the thing. It's, it's incredibly affordable. Mm-hmm. You're just totally isolated from the rest of the functioning world. That's how you pay. And there will be a Dollar General the size of a Walmart. It's just a given. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> but they You're give s- up the big city to live with this one... Dude. Dude who they likes woodworking. He's really good. Yeah, likes woodworking, can chop wood, has a hound dog and or lab. Yep. Yep. Is named Daniel or Christian, drives an SUV, <laughs> has two and a half children. No, it's always like Jack. Yeah, it's Jack. Jack. Jack, Jack Jason. Yeah. Jeffrey. Joe. Yeah, it's always there like Alex in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to do a survey on this. Though, you know, <laughs> white. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, white people names. Those are the ones. There's like one black dude in the corner. And no, there's actually no black people. Yeah. Well, in the movie, in the there's movie. the one token. It's the one token. Yeah. Like, really? You think yeah. so? I'm here because... It depends so on the, what year you're talking about, guys. Uh, I mean, like, early early 2000s. Early yeah, there's 2000s. definitely going to be, like, one black character there. It's just like, I'm here so the director can claim to have a friend. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> oh. And there, it's always that that person has to learn how to slow down. The other person needs to learn how to speed up. Mm. <laughs> and are they going to teach each other things? Another, like, big Manic Pixie Dream Girl one that I've heard so much about is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Yeah. Look, but The man. only reason that works for yes. me, though, is because the whole movie's a fever dream. Oh, yeah, no, like, yes. look, but Scott Pilgrim, like, there's a lot going on. There's already so much. What is it, Ramona Flowers? I, I, yeah. think, I think her representation works because no character is really that deep in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> all characters are themselves. Yeah. Through and through, even Scott. It's mm-hmm. the whole point. I think, like, Scott's whole point is to just be plain. To the point where they make a joke of it. Yeah. Which I don't know if it's better or worse if you make a joke of it, but at least it's funny. Chris Evans in that movie is hilarious. Dude, yeah. And, and um, what's his face? Oh, shit. Um. That could be anyone. No, he's no. in The Witcher. He's in The Witcher. Superman. Superman. Oh my God. Oh, Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry yeah. Cavill's in it. He's the vegan uh, bass oh player. Oh my God. That's like dairy free. I didn't recognize vegan. him without the muscles. Vegan gives him. <laughs> vegan gives him super vegan right? superpowers. Yeah. Muscles, dirt, in uh, World of Warcraft. And like a fake chin that they CGI'd last minute. What was that? I don't know. It was a really, really. Um, so he was filming another movie and he refused to shave his mustache. That's right. It was the Mission Impossible. It was all the reshoots they did. And honestly, I don't blame him because they probably just should have called it what it was. Yeah. They really fucking should have. It should have just been Superman with the mustache at the time. Evil Superman, like Ovid. Not even Evil Superman, just like Mustache Superman. Can we, like, I wish they would do a rendition of Evil Superman, he really does just have a goatee, and everything else is exactly the same. Uh, That would be way too cornball for modern, like, DC DC? stuff. I don't know, DC's now Sounds like a good robot uh, chicken sketch at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, like, the whole idea with Scott Pilgrim, though, is, like, everything about it is a little bad. Like it, I mean, like, they're all shallow characters. They're all shallow characters. The whole dating situation. It starts off with him dating a high schooler. So I think Manic Pixie Dream Girl is probably a step up. 
Isn't he supposed to be in, like, high school, college? No, he's supposed to be, like, early 20s, I think. Right? I don't know. I haven't seen that movie he's in He's definitely so long. out of high school. I know that for a fact. And him just dating a high schooler is supposed to show you, like, hey, maybe this guy isn't 100% squeaky clean. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, no. Um, I think also... Uh, noting when the movie was shot stuff was a little more lenient i mean we even had pineapple express come out and he's actually dating amber heard <laughs> in, um, high school yeah it's amber heard oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in high school so like it, it's it's Talk all it is is indicative of like cha- what as you age and as time changes some things aren't acceptable anymore but yeah, i think when yeah. this movie was released being like well, I'm, like, in my early 20s, and I date an 18-year-old. People are like, yeah, whatever. But like, now it's like, what? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, like, part of that is, like, you don't have to have the perfect protagonist. They just have to be kind of interesting. Interesting's more important than yeah. uh, a clean... That's what I've noticed with, like, also a lot of the movies that follow the tropes we've been talking about. It's all boring protagonists. True. Yeah. Boring protagonist syndrome is a real thing. Boring too. protagonist syndrome or protagonist with no life experience. Yeah. Exactly. So, they gotta be interesting, and that doesn't always mean making them perfect. They, no. Yeah, all these women in these movies are uh, catalysts for them to be interesting. Yeah. Or I'm only interesting because I am with you. Which isn't... Which isn't really realistic. No. 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 I think, like, that's even something they address in Eternal Sunshine with the whole monologue of, like, I'm not here to really, like, fix you or anything. I don't like that stance that some films take. Like, oh, you're broken, or oh, you're, like, you need to be fixed for some reason. I think there was even, like, a fucking family guy joke about like a uh, poor businesswoman and a man walks in it's like I'm gonna show you how life great can be with my penis yep. and then like the like the fucking uh, Coldplay song <laughs> you know what I'm talking about yeah. but that's not how it works nope. you, don't, you don't need a better half if you're not whole right? it's true if you are whole you don't need another half no you know what's no, better yeah. than uh, one hole? Two holes. That's true. I don't like where this is going. I don't either. I, I was like all on board with the message and I was like, fuck. I, I it sounded more sincere in my head and then I started talking about holes and I'm like, someone's going to take this out of context. If you yeah, feel but... completed, you don't need somebody else to help you fill the You don't need someone fill to the void fulfill that you. Yeah. You don't need someone to fill you in. Nope, there it is again. <laughs> You don't need someone to help you feel complete. You don't if need you someone feel... to fill those horse holes for you. You no. can fill your own holes. You can complete by yourself. No, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if you're doing it on purpose. complete yourself. <laughs> With all your holes. Why are they not paying us for this? I have no idea. It's ridiculous. Well, we did have like a what a four episode. I still get a ton of We got moves. some swag, yeah. And the hats and the shirts are cool. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to wear them in public yet, but I'm going to. I wear we mine will. as a. Theme. We should all wear them as a trio. With pride. We should go to a Chinese buffet. <laughs> why specifically a Chinese buffet? It's the only buffet I go to. Okay. Yeah. But why specifically a buffet? Because it. The, are you no, serious? You can get yes. in and out as soon as possible. Astroglide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh know God. if we're going to top the rest of this. <laughs> uh, I can try. 
I had some. <laughs> I had two honorable mention movies yes. that I really want as just sort of like the fuck you to traditional romance films that do a better job than any of the okay. shallow tropes we've talked about. The first one I want to talk about is the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Oh, God. That movie made me want to go to J. Crew and Staples all in one day. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the color scheme. Um, it's, the mo- it's one of the most aesthetic fucking movies. Like, look at Spike Jones. Yeah, he loves red. It's not just red. It, it, it's, red per- it, it's a lot of primary colors, but like a pastel version of them. Yeah. Her being the movie where uh, Walking Phoenix plays your usual boring, depressed man, but... But very of, stylish. Very stylish, yeah. He's got a good mustache. He does. Instead of falling in love with a human female person, he falls in love with an AI on his phone. And it kind of shows how sort of... What? easy it is to really trick you into liking it. And the thing, too, is he's pretty good at being in relationship with them. They, he's super lonely, though. Like, ultimately, it's a reflection of, like, how people feel in society. Like, like yeah. really. That's to the point where this, like, automatic... Any virtual connection is going to be so meaningful to them. Even this one that's, like, designed for him is going to work out. Or at least he's going to make work out. And she still ends up leaving his ass. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Imagine being that lonely. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, meets other AIs and has meeting like areas for, like, like, it's a weird AI universe. Yeah. They make it make sense in the movie. But having said all of that, it's great. It's a great movie. I think there's even a scene where it's like the AI, they like bring in another, a third, per, a third party to be like the stand-in female body for if they want to be intimate together. And it's just, like, purposefully the most awkward thing ever. It, it's just... It weird. reminds me of that show, do you all remember, from Monday Amazon? Where, uh, that you, you die. It's kind of like San Junipero from Black Mirror, where you can upload your consci- consciousness. Oh, with, mm-hmm. um... Handsome guy. Yeah, that dude. Yes, I know exactly. That's in the Babysitter movies. Yep. Mm-hmm. Handsome man. I don't know his name. Um... Easy. But but they, have, uh, like let's say like your husband or wife died, you can visit them like with it, like with virtual screens in the afterlife, and you can buy suits to where you can like feel when they touch you. Yeah, I think it's kind of like the same things. Like it's the same thing. People who usually are so desperate to find love will make it out of these virtual technology whatevers. I don't know. It's kind of like. Spits in the face of your tradition. Are we going to talk about Ex Machina next? Next. I was. I didn't have that plan, but let's do that. It's a one-sided love story for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the best one on this uh, podcast so far that we've talked about. Well, I mean, like all the characters deliver the perform. Like the performances are good, and just it's well written. It's super well written. Uh, written our uh, cinematography. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. The color saturation and the whole pa- palette throughout the movie. Oscar Isaac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. It's yeah. outrageous. Oscar Isaac delivers. Yeah, oh, of course and then does. Um, uh, the woman who plays the robot. No, 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 no. She no, was. No. She was. Um, she had only been in a few things up until that point. But can we talk about for a low budget movie how good the CGI is and minimally used? You think it's used a lot more mm-hmm. than it is? Traditionally speaking, the one thing that never works with CGI is putting like a real head on like a virtual body, and they—that's all that is. Pretty much, yeah. And in some scenes, it's blended as she, um, as she 
is becoming more human throughout the story, she starts putting more skin on, mm-hmm. has more access to it. The Scarlet Johansson? No, but she probably would have been really good in the role, too. Um, mm-hmm. it, I don't know her name. She was really wonderful, but it's, it's all about this guy coming to this tech CEO that he works for mm-hmm. to do the Turing test. Yeah. With See, his robot. being human or whatever. Yep. And the guy falls in love. But the actual test was whether or not that he could knowingly know that she's a robot and know that he, like she will manipulate him and still fall in love with her anyways. Yeah. It's more just to fuck with the guy. Pretty much, uh-huh. yeah. He was a, He's a, the rat in the maze the entire time. Mm-hmm. Huh. And, uh... Spoilers, I guess, but uh, y'all know how I feel about bleak endings. We actually talked about it a few episodes ago, like Mist, uh, the Mist movie is my favorite ending. Mm-hmm. But this fucking ending is amazing. She fucking locks his ass in a prison cell, pretty much, and leaves. What? Really? Yeah. Wait a minute, am I right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ladies. Right, guys? Yeah. We're crazy. <laughs> I had another uh, honorable mention movie that does uh, atypical romance plots very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you all ever seen Lars and the Dying Girl? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. You're thinking of Lars and the Real Girl. Lars and the Real Girl. I was thinking of Earl and the Dying Girl. Yeah, yeah Lars no. And Lars Real Girl, and the Real Girl is a Ryan Gosling movie where he gets a sex doll and develops a extreme attachment and romantic relationship with the sex doll. Yeah. And it's played super straight, so it works. I've only really seen the old version, where, uh, which I think was like, it didn't, definitely didn't have Ryan Gosling. But the funny thing is, like, of course it is a guy who's delusional and psychotic and not well put together. But he's There's some really... schizophrenia ticking around in there, but oh, he yeah, still goes to sure. work and stuff. But you know what? But he, he starts taking this fucking doll out to restaurants and shit. He's a good boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> He's they a, go to Applebee's together. They go to Applebee's oh together. God. They share dessert. He's a good boyfriend. I cannot tell you, like, how thrilled yet freaked out I would be to wait on a man that brought a sex doll with him. I'd be like, I have so many questions for you. Mm-hmm. Will you talk to me? It's not a... Then, it's not, not a against the law, doll. I don't think. I no, would just be so, in a constant state of... got clothes oh. on. <laughs> Brody would probably walk over and be like, did you clean that before you brought it in here? <laughs> Sarah, that could be a health <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it would be a health code violation. I mean, Could you imagine someone just bringing in their fucking sex doll that's just loaded with load. their load? <laughs> you know, in Japan, it's pretty normal to have like cafes with stuffed animals, mm-hmm. where it's like if you go to a cafe alone, and they'll be like, "Hey, do you want like uh, this adorable little fluffy stuffed animal to you join you?" It. You can fuck it. <laughs> Is that what it is? No. But no. it's just like a stuffed animal, like a companion. I'm instantly extremely disappointed. I thought this was taking a way more Come fun on, turn. Japan. Come on, Japan. You can buy women's underwear and uh, vending machines. White. Yeah, that's the thing. They're cool. used, too. They say they're used. Japan, in general, is just like so... Out they're there? Kind of, they're, they're no, out they're, there. they're socially extremely conservative, which is part of the problem. Right. That's so, why tentacle porn exists. So having a girlfriend or any sort of relationship is such a challenge. Because you're all about, like, living your own independent life and all that. You kind of isolate from people. I, I've heard it's, um, 
Japanese men feel Japanese women have extremely high expectations. I don't know. I think ultimately, like, they're just as overworked as our society is. Yeah. It's like, where do you find the fucking time? Go back to uh, Lars and the real girl, though. I just, like, it kind of does show this guy becoming better as a person because in the version I saw, the old version, uh, the the mannequin or sex doll, uh, she actually dies. How like, do you kill off a doll? No, no, he has, like... It's all in his head. It's in his yeah, head, yeah, but yeah, he's had... He, so, IRL, he's had an emotional split from the doll, so he has to kill it off in his brain. Oh. In order for him to get over it. For it to make sense to him. Yeah, he's, he's just okay. like, oh, she's not breathing. It's like, yeah, she's plastic. Because he's ready to leave the doll behind and move forward, but yeah. his brain has to make it nice neat package. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By killing it off. Yeah, for sure. It's just what makes sense to him. Yeah, we're not saying that's right. She could have just moved away, but he went, you know. (laughs) Murked her. Yeah, but her her dead plastic corpse will just be lying around. He's got to dispose of it. Death makes the most sense. Yeah. She moved away and just threw her her over the fence. fence. (laughs) She moved there. That would be my solution. I'm so fucking lazy. I'm like, she's moved. She left me. Yeet. Over the fence. You just you see like legs sticking out of her side. <laughs> no, you you come out to have your coffee the next morning. There's just a bunch of kids gathered around your sex doll. <laughs> you threw across the fence, and you're like, "Hey, how'd that get there? We better do something about this." You get outraged. <laughs> That's what I would do. Now you all know how I react in that situation. I don't know. I picked that one because it's as good as like the shitty Hallmark romantic comedies. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, it's the same level of character. This doll and whatever other person it's is true. projecting no, so much. It's true. No, he's right. It's true. It's all projection. Um, I want to talk about one instance before we wrap up today of Manic Pixie Dream Girl done correct, and that's mm-hmm. 500 Days of Summer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if y'all have seen it, but mm-hmm. it's pretty. It, it sort of is the dissection of, and now that I'm thinking about it, the Manic Pixie uh, Dream Girl trope. Because it's a, another choppy edited, um, it's almost like a film student make made it, but so well done. It's got like every fun thing you want to try in a film. There's even a small musical number. It's like they were just <laughs> shoving in, and it's wonderful. They utilized it really well. But it's about uh, an observation of the main character and Zoe Deschanel. Their relationship you know, somehow she... over the course of the year, and it's it's told in different sections. So you see the beginning a little early on, but then you'll jump to like day three hundred, and then day yeah. like one hundred and fifty. So you get to see it, and later on you get to see bits from her perspective or how they actually were, and it shows how much he created an idealized version of her. When from the very beginning she told him, "I don't want a relationship," <laughs> and he never heard her. It's all projection. Yep. Wow. That's it's really fun. good. It's it's a really fucking good movie. That's the funny thing I noticed, like when I was researching this, like commonly criticized Manic Pixie Dream Girl movies. Zoe Deschanel kind of pops up everywhere because <laughs> she was there was that there was also Yes Man. Uh, the okay, but that's just like a dumb comedy. Yeah, she, she she is a Manic Pixie Dream Girl in that though. I think it's just like the type that she plays, and people just kind of like. But I love that her band's her called Munchausen's by proxy. It's <laughs> 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 the best name for a band ever. Mm-hmm. I think she wears a shrimp hat too. It's it, a move. It's Zoe Deschanel. She could pull anything off. It's true. Yeah. 
I don't know if this fits here, but um, do you guys watch Free Guy, the Disney film? That's oh, a I Disney haven't... movie? Mm-hmm. Free Guy is? Yeah, Free Guy. I haven't seen Free Guy yet, though. No. No. So it's basically like your characters in a video game are like all kind of like test, uh, like a whole testing ground for AIs and how they interact and develop okay. based on interactions with each other within the video game. So, like, if Jess and I were video games in this game, uh, like, our interaction, just trying to figure out how the AI would, like, learn or change from that interaction, right? But um, the game got, like, into somebody else's hands, and he kind of reskinned it and redeveloped it and buried most of the AI. So this girl comes in, she was one of the original developers, sends her own character into it, and it's because of... Um, white shirt guy mm-hmm. and um his That's life Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah Ryan Reynolds. Guy. Yeah, that his guy. character uh changes completely. Like his life changes entirely because of her coming into his life. Like it kind of wakes up like the AI. I guess that could be like just a critique of how like I said, like insert uh plastic or an AI there. Yeah. Just how robotic this yeah. whole scenario. The form, the form, it's all formulaic, I it's think, is what we're really getting at here. Yeah. Uh, if there's any, like, screenwriters listening to this, which, uh, why, of course there are. <laughs> yeah, of course there are, yeah, clearly. Yeah, the biggest film nerds listen to One Frame Off, and if they don't, then they just stink. Uh, I, just, just think about, like, who your characters are before you put them in a romance situation. And, like, the theme of the film, does romance even fit? Yeah. If it's a movie about a guy Or would your character to... actually be interested in pursuing this in this juncture? Yeah. Exactly. If it's a movie about a guy trying to win, like, a pinball tournament... Then yes, please just introduce a love story, because that sounds better. Yeah. <laughs> well, can we talk about whip, Whiplash and how it was, like... Um, he didn't really have a romance yeah, in it, but... Yeah, Whiplash is, like, the anti But it was the... But movie. his... Um... Uh, straight up honesty with you will get in the way of what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Total it's opposite wonderful. and really great. Yeah. Yes. You're ruining my drumming. I can't have a girlfriend like this. <laughs> oh my god, the movie is so fucking good though. I rewatched it a few it, months ago. It's fantastic. It really is shot like in a great way. Oh my and god, J.K. Simmons is wanna, so uh, fucking good in it. Oh it's like one of his best performances. Mm. Yeah. That's it. I mean like he he never misses. No. In generally he doesn't. Yeah. I'll watch anything with J.K. Simmons or okay. um, uh, what's her fucking name, Allison Janney. Is she in it? No, but she could have been. She's in Juno. My favorite uh, role she's ever been in is the um, like uh, guidance counselor in Ten Things I Hate About You. She's writing her sex novel as she's uh, disciplining students. No, nobody. It's a weird no, she, line. Wait, <laughs> she, that was her. In yeah. Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah, that's Allison Janney. Didn't know that. Yeah. I haven't seen all like she's really popular together, in uh, Mother right now. That show with Anna Faris, and I gotta say, yeah. for a sitcom, for a sitcom like especially a live audience one, it's actually like fine. Is it? Right. it? It it's slightly enjoyable. Yeah, I don't know if I'm looking for a specifically it, a sitcom right now. If you want to get really high and just watch something that's like this is enjoyable, and the comedy is there sometimes. All right, it's fine. Sometimes, yeah. It's not like it's always sunny in Philadelphia where I'm just laughing my ass off the whole time. <laughs> mm. Any final thoughts, gang? 
Romance sucks. Romance, Romance doesn't suck, but you shouldn't force it if it's not there. Yeah. Don't <laughs> let love ruin your good script. Yeah. Because God knows, love ruins we everything. Don't, yeah, we don't need <laughs> it. We, we don't need these traits in places that they do not belong. No. No. It's just weird. You know what else is weird? Contacting us. Yeah, is no it? one does it. It um, would be strange. Yeah, Brody, where strange. can people contact us? That's a great question. Uh, that's oneframeoff at gmail.com. That's oneframeoff at gmail.com. We're also on social media, and you can always leave a comment if you want to. Comment, like, subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe. Do all that. Smash. Smash that button. Send us a postcard, <laughs> yeah. but only if you're from San Francisco. Yeah. We we're only anything else. Or Portland, that's or it. Or Portland. Anything West Coast, actually. Yeah, just on the West Coast. Coast. East Coast, it. yeah. I'm just kidding, actually. East Coast for life. You know it's true. You really want to live on the West Coast? Think about it. Oh, I would not want to live on the it's West really Coast because it's either burning down or in a drought. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like the Northwest Coast. I, I would prefer to actually. Deal. Maybe yeah. just where it's like there's no sunshine and it's wet all the time. I'd prefer that maybe. I mean, yeah, you say that. Season. That's about it. And yeah, no, true. I'll just come over here, but we still get like horrible Wait, hurricanes yeah. all in. Kind of in Raleigh, in Raleigh not so much. Ever. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but there's two sides to every spectrum, and you know that's also true. Or maybe I can go in like the Midwest, where there's not much. Actually, I could see. I, you know what? I think actually, like Just despite the snow, like certain parts of Wisconsin are bomb and Kansas. Yeah. Tornadoes it's all though. All tornado valley. I know. I grew up in Alabama. I could not do. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been thrown on a mattress in the middle of the night during like an EF five. What? Yeah. You're gonna have to explain more. We will talk about it another time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What? That was yeah. another episode. Bye, guys. Bye.